It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Thanks for coming back. Hour number two of the show brought to you by Sam and Ash. SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. If you get into an accident, give Sam and Ash a call. They will take care of you. They're my personal injury attorneys. Their website is interactive. They'll get right back to you, SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. We're going to take John Gruden's press conference coming up here in a few minutes. They made that into a nice TV show now and the John Gruden press conference, which it should be. He's a media star. He was a media star at ESPN. His his press conferences are big, and the rest of the league want to watch it too. The rest of the league wants to see what he has to say because the Raiders are 3-0. and Paul Gutierrez just tweeted out from ESPN that there were eight gold jackets, including Tom Flores, which would be nine, at halftime of that game. So that was really cool to see, all of the gold jackets who were there and what happened this weekend for Tom Flores. It was perfect. It was absolutely perfect to see the turnout of the Raiders and what Mark Davis did and helped the Flores family put together. It, it was glorious. It was one of the best events that I've ever been to, I ever had a chance to be a part of. So Paul tweeted out, Tom Flores obviously had his gold jacket, along with Mike Haynes, Jim Otto, Dave Casper, Ron Mix, Ron Wolf, Tim Brown, Ted Hendricks, and Fred Bolitnikoff. That's special. And they were trailing, and they won the game. Thank you, Coach Flores. Got that tweet out in time when it was 14 nothing or 14 2. I said, This place needs a Tom Flores event to get everybody going. On Friday night, I helped MC an event at the stadium, a private event for Coach Flores and his family. His grandson, uh, his grandson was the performer. He's a Broadway singer. He was fantastic. And then Tom Flores was surprised in every stage of his life by Raider former teammates, friends, and family. It was like, This is your life on steroids. It was incredible. And then Saturday, I went to Tom Flores' suite at the Delano, and they had all the cameras set up, and we did a half-hour podcast. You know, I'm doing a four-part podcast that you can find at Raiders.com and wherever you get your podcast. And the final edition for the Tom Flores podcast was Tom. Uh, Tom and his wife, and I sat down with them for about an hour. So the first episode was Paul McGuire. Second was Howie Long. Third was Paul Gutierrez. And the final one, was Tom Flores. So I'd like you to go back to the Raiders and their podcasting network, and please listen to these podcasts. They're special. They'll live on forever because it's about Tom Flores' journey, his life journey to the Hall of Fame. We'll get to John Gruden coming up. Lester in the Bay Area, thanks for being patient. Go ahead. Hey, uh, JT, rest in peace to Black Hole Rob. The, uh, regarding the game, you know, that was definitely a, a Gruder and Grinder type of win and type of game. Uh, that was big, so it was nice to get the win. But it didn't have to be that way, JT. You know, there's a cause and effect for things. And I go back to the, uh, the 330, 340, 350 mark where John Gruden again, and I'm not going to say the big C word, but I'm going to say just uh, the situational play calling uh, needs to be not as predictable because the other team knows about it. We know about it as fans. you got to run a play action or something. you got to throw to Renfro, Waller, get another first down or two, kick a field goal, and then close the game out. Sometimes Coach Gruden, he thinks three and a half minutes or five minutes or three minutes. He thinks, he thinks there's like a minute 20 left in the game. We know in this, in this league, you know, 
uh, those that the time is 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 is, is infinity right there, with, especially with timeouts. So uh, you never have enough time. So you have to you got to be more aggressive in certain situations. And in that, by the effect of that, our defense is out there way too long. They're working their butts off, and then it's a war of attrition. You know, we're getting guys hurt on the back end that we're going to need in the next game. So. You know, it, it, we got to be a little bit more. Everything's a cause and effect. We got to be a little more better when it comes yeah. to closing games out and play calling situations. And I look forward to uh, the fans, the Raider Nation, uh, being in Carson next week or actually in Inglewood at SoFi and packing the house and taking it to the Chargers next week. Thank you. Appreciate the call. I have no problem with an accusation like that with Coach Gruden because he handles that. He, he takes those uh, questions at press conferences right after the game. And the Raiders, with a minute seven to go, up 25 to 17, first and 10 at their own 43. Barber up the middle for minus two yards. Second and 12, Barber right for one yard. Miami called the timeout, third and 11. Carr was sacked and lost 15 yards. Let me repeat what happened on that drive, everybody. This is a team that went backwards, absolutely backwards, and they had to punt the ball at fourth and 26. And then Miami went on a 13-play, 82-yard touchdown and to tie the game, 25-25. That was the game. The Raiders go three and out. Let's go out to Henderson, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, as John Gruden is meeting the media. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I met with Josh this morning, and uh, we're going to see how he feels on the practice field this week. Not making any predictions, but we're hopeful. Uh, that we can get him back on the grass at some point this week. Um, proud of our team. Very hard-fought victory. And um, we got a real tough opponent this week on Monday night in the Chargers. So with that being said, I'll answer any questions I can. John, all you have to do is look around the NFL to realize it's not easy to win football games in the NFL consistently uh, as well. To be 3-0 and with the schedule that you guys have had and kind of the travel, just the way things have played out, how – Satisfied? Are you not satisfied? But you know, pleased. I guess at, at this point. Well, it's it's fun to win, and uh, it's also you got to be realistic when you look at your schedule. What we have coming up doesn't get much easier. You know, the Chargers just uh, went to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs and did it in impressive fashion. So um, every week is a is a grind, and hopefully uh, we get some good news from the trainer and some of the guys that have been missing can come come back and help us because we're going to need them. Do you feel like the offensive line, um, especially in that second half, <clears throat> settled in a little bit? Yeah, we're getting, uh, we're getting there. You know, we uh, we need to put a complete performance together. That's what uh, that's what we need to do. And we've had spurts where it's been pretty doggone good, and it's been there's been spurts where it needs to be better. But uh, it's a young group. They're playing some formidable defenses, some good players, and a lot of looks. And um, I think we're getting better, which is encouraging. We're still inexperienced and young at some positions. But, you know, Leatherwood is working with a guy that just got here. Andre's really started half a dozen games in his career. The snap accuracy wasn't as good as it needs to be yesterday. And John Simpson's a young player. So it's going to take some time. Development doesn't happen overnight. uh, But we're getting better. Of course, you have so many guys on your team currently that will be facing your former team, including Gus Bradley and Casey Hayward. Well, they got some guys on their team that are looking forward to playing against those guys you're thinking about. So uh, it's it's uh, 
so how you look at it. You know, I'm sure our guys are excited to go up against their former team, and I'm sure they feel very excited to, to go up against these guys. So it'll be an emotional game. It always is when we play the Chargers, and um, we're looking forward to it. It'll be a great challenge. John, I know that you're in the bubble looking at the Chargers, but quick question about Denzel Perryman. He's been here 26 days and performing at a super high level. Can you talk about that performance considering how short he's been here? You know, he, he is a good player. Uh, let's just say it like it is. He's a good linebacker. He's always been a good linebacker. He's healthy. Uh, he's had a hard time staying healthy. He knows this system. And um, he's proven that he has talent and instincts. And he is a contact player. I guarantee he's proven that. And uh, we just need to keep getting better. He needs to keep getting better, keep asserting himself. And uh, so does everybody around him. We haven't played the perfect game by far. Along those same lines, Casey Hayward has been really good in his role. What has he brought to this defense, and what can he continue to, to bring? Well, he's a good player. You know, that's the one thing we're, we're missing. He, these guys are not just former Chargers or Gus Bradley. These are good players. You know, we, we thought Hayward was a problem for us twice a year when we played against him. Uh, we had a lot of respect for Perryman when we played against him. So it's good to have him here. Uh, he's a solid player. He's a good cover guy. He's smart. He sees it. He, he sees route patterns develop. He's been a great tackler. He doesn't give up big plays. And um, he's been a great acquisition in the locker room and behind the scenes, too. So we're happy to have him. I know you mentioned snap accuracy already. Uh, Derek talked about it last, yesterday, just more time on task and, and getting to where you guys want to be consistently. Is that, is that something that's a practice thing? Is it a mental thing? Where do, you, where do you think that is? Well, we practice a lot. You know, you're not always out there, but we we probably get as many reps as anybody in the league, and uh, we're not going to make any excuses. You know, this is the National Football League, and we've had one over our head in Baltimore in the scoring zone. We've had one over our head against Miami, and those those plays put the quarterback in serious jeopardy. And plus, it's a it's a horrific loss of yardage. So we got to do a better job. Period. Andre knows it. We all know it, and we expect him to so get better at it. Jacobs out of the game. and Brian Edwards uh, in late game situations have. Are among the best in the NFL. They might be one and two when you talk about fourth quarter and overtime. Uh, is there something about that time of game where guys like that come alive and or just organically the ball kind of goes their way? You know, I uh, I don't have a real concrete answer for that. Um, probably got to get them involved more as a play caller early. Maybe they need to get themselves a little more involved early as well. Um, sometimes situationally, it's easier said than done. But the bottom line is they are getting better, and everybody sees it, everybody knows it, and that's exciting for us. Receivers have over 200 receiving yards so far this year. Nobody in the NFL is close. In your system, how key is it that Derek is able to get the ball to so many different people? That's always been the goal, and to have balance as well, not just throwing it to different people, but being able to turn and hand it off to somebody that can do something. Um, we had some balance yesterday, which helped us win that game. But we have a lot of confidence in our receiving core. They may be young, but they're talented, they're reliable, they're tough, and they're versatile. And uh, they are explosive. And uh, if you center your attentions on Waller, I think these young guys are proven that they can do some damage as well. they got to continue to get better and better. They're not perfect yet. None of us are, but we're seeing a lot of progress. Coach, we know Sundays are you know about the game and going to battle, but um, you know Andy Reid yesterday fell ill after the game and doing better now. But 
is that kind of a you know reminder of life still kind of exists? When yeah, he's a very close friend, and we exchanged some text messages uh, last night, and just glad to hear he's okay. And yeah, no doubt, I uh, I will be the first to admit this is uh, this is not an easy this is not an easy deal emotionally. I'm just glad I have so much poison, and um, I'm so laid back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Corey Littleton, uh, it seems like he's kind of settled in uh, much, you know, more than, than last year. What's you've been the assessment of, of Corey's? Play? Yeah, I think he has. Again, I think this defense, not that our previous defense hurt him, I think this defense is more suited for him. I think um, zone coverage, he keys the quarterback, the fact that we have a rush too. You know, everybody talks about the system. It's the guys up front that are really making a lot of this happen. You know, the quarterback doesn't have – uh, all day to stand back there and survey the field. The ball's coming out quick, and when it does, you key the quarterback, you get jumps on plays, and you can make plays. But I think this defense suits them. I think the front, the improved pass rush up there helps, and um, he's also a great special teams player and a great guy. So we're happy to have him. John, given two overtime games in the first three weeks, a cross-country trip to Pittsburgh and back, how important is it or how nice is it to have this extra day off going into Monday to get the guys just to heal up? Yeah, it is uh, certainly been a grind. I'll, I'll be honest with you. We we use this day, this next few days, creatively to buy some time to look at Chicago because we know we play them on a real short turnaround. Uh, later this afternoon, we'll get into the Chargers, and players will be back tomorrow for a little bit of a workout, and the players will have Wednesday off. But we have a lot of preparation to do for the Chargers and obviously uh, getting a little advance work done on the Bears and, and uh, knowing it's going to be a short week. All right, that's John Gruden. We picked up the press conference. It's now got a TV feature to it and some B-roll highlights and some music in there. We're learning about it just like you, and uh, good to hear Coach. I talk to him every Thursday. We have that interview coming up on Friday. So if you're on hold, you want to get back on hold and get going here, I'm getting back to your phone call, 702-365-9200. We're recapping the Raiders. 31-28 overtime victory over the Miami Dolphins. Miami was playing with a backup quarterback who played well in Jacoby Brissett. He didn't play great, but he made a couple of big throws. He was 32 of 49 for 215. No touchdowns and no interceptions in that game. That's hard to believe, considering how long that game went. And they had a couple of players on defense that played well. They had a pick six. They made plays when they had to. For the Raiders, they had momentum going into the Charger game. I think the same thing about the Charger game as I thought about Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I wasn't confident that they were going to beat Baltimore and Pittsburgh. They did. I'm happy they won those games. Um, I'm less confident that they could beat the Chargers than I were with Pittsburgh. I thought they had a better chance of beating Pittsburgh. I think the Chargers are a much better team than Pittsburgh. Much better. And the Raiders won that game. So they're going to have to play a very good game to beat the Chargers. It's a home game for the Chargers, but it's not in theory. It's a Raider home game. Raiders have to take advantage of that. That's a little bit of an advantage that they have. Short travel, short travel to get there, an hour flight. They get there, and they got their fans waiting for them. That's good. The question is, who's going to be healthy? Every time I see that inactive list, I wonder who's going to play for the Raiders. And it's tough to see. There are players who are available. There are players who are playing through pain. And then there are players that can't play, like Richie Incognito, Marcus Mariota on IR. It's a lot of guys out. Denzel Good, Richie Incognito, Nicholas Morrow, Marcus Mariota. You know, you look at Javin White, who's going to play some this year. 
Then you got new guys that got to get in. Divine Diablo, how much has he played? I like him as an athlete. I think he can get around and move his legs good. But he was out of position. And I don't think that was Gus Bradley's fault. I think that was a fire drill for him to be in there late in the game. I'd be interested to hear what other insiders have to say on that. 702-365-9200. We're reacting to the victory. What was your favorite part of the game yesterday? What's your biggest concern? But today I like the positive phone calls at 3-0. I think it's something we deserve. It's something we should be doing, considering how many games the Raiders have lost at home last year. Now they're undefeated at home. I think we should take advantage of that, especially if you went to the game. 702-365-9200. Brought to you by Grimaldi's. Best pizza I've ever had. Five locations here in the Valley. We're going to give away, I believe, two $50 gift cards this week to Grimaldi's. Pizza on me, but the phone call's got to be good. Sound off like you got a pair. That was John Gruden, and his press conference will carry that during the week, and then we'll talk to him live at the end of the week on Raider Nation Radio. Mark Anderson coming up. Derek Carr back into the gun. Handoff. Breaks, Barber breaks free at the 40, 35, 30, 25, 20. Pushed out of bounds at the 18-yard line. Peyton Barber with a big-time run, and the Raiders could be in business. It's a big run by Barber. Brent Mutzberger on the call along with Lincoln Kennedy. I was sitting up there with them for a little bit, and Lincoln basically predicted everything that was going to happen in the fourth quarter. He looked around, he saw it, and knew that if the Raiders were going to go three and out, Miami was going to get it and go downfield. And he's a really good analyst. He was a great player. And that was a heart attack in the making, but the Raiders win it. Mark Anderson, no sports in town, as good as anybody, joins us from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. And, Mark, let's talk about the entertainment stress test again with NASCAR, uh, the Raiders, and UFC over at T-Mobile. Another, I think, from what I read, a good weekend in Vegas for the economy, traffic, and everything else that people worry about. Yeah, uh, we had apparently had more than hundred and twenty five thousand people watching sporting events yesterday, and that's that's pretty remarkable. Um you know, it's it's a lot to have happen at one time and uh you know, and and I guess the aviators, you think about if anyone's gonna get hurt by it, it's gonna be the aviators and they apparently grew a pretty good crowd. Yeah. So so, you know, it's you know, that's I guess it shows the city's big enough now that uh, you you know, just because a lot of things are happening at one time doesn't mean that uh, there isn't room for everybody. Yeah, I agree with you. And thanks for bringing up the aviators. They do a tremendous job. And that's one of the best venues in town. And the Golden Knights, i got to get into the Golden Knights preseason. So there was even more than I initially referenced with you. I want to stay with the Raiders and what you see with Carr's performance in these games. Both Baltimore and Miami, he started down 14 nothing. Did not look sharp early. The offense just didn't look like they had good body language and energy and took it to, until it took them some time to get in a groove. Yeah, you know, and it, the, the, the safety, I think, sort of woke everyone up. Mm. And you could just feel the shift of momentum at that point. And, you know, Derek Carr, just when he gets on these rolls these days, he is as good as anyone in the league right now. And he he's dropping – it's not, it's one thing to check down, and you know, which was the criticism in the past and hit the easy pass. He, he's hitting guys downfield in stride right now. And, and those, <clears throat> I mean, those are – you know, I have to tell you, those are the hardest passes to to complete. And, 
and uh, with, with 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 tight coverage too. So uh, you know the pass to Edwards, um, you know there, that was really good coverage, mm-hmm. and and Derek Carr put it where only his man could get it, and and Edwards went and just made a, a great catch. Mark Anderson's our guest from the Review Journal. So for the Raiders going forward with John Gruden, do you think he is getting more aggressive with some of the play calls? Because he sure gets criticized when he doesn't pick up a fourth down or he decides to run the ball early on in the series here. Fans go crazy on it, but he's the same guy calling all these pass plays for Carr and Carr's throwing all these dimes downfield. Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't get much more aggressive than going for your own 34-yard line in the first quarter. You know, uh, and I didn't really have a big problem with him doing it. You can argue the play call or whatever, but, you know, you know you're know, you asking a running back to pick up a yard and really in two tries, and he wasn't able to do it. So, you know, that that just comes down to execution and offensive line moving guys off the you know off the ball and that sort of thing. So I don't I don't really fault him too much for that. I think in today's NFL you have to be aggressive. You know, and you could you could you could say well when they had the lead at the end he got a little conservative mm-hmm. there, but you know it, it, at that point you still got an eight point lead. The clock's still largely in your favor. You know, the the other team has to go now not only score a touchdown but a two point conversion just to tie the game. So, you know, if you if you could if you could just pick up a first down or two and keep the clock moving, then I think that's the mindset. And I I don't have a major problem with that either. But and when he when he had to get aggressive, he was aggressive. Yeah, I think that's the way to sum it up. Mark Anderson from the Review Journal joins us. When he has to get aggressive, he's able to do it. For the first time this year, this week, I'm gonna spend a lot of time on the rest of the division. Hopefully Andy Reid is a hundred percent after his health scare. That was a big scare yesterday, but Denver is quietly undefeated, but their schedule, they've played the Giants and the Jets, who are combined 0-6. They've had an easy start so far, and I think the Chargers could have the best roster in the entire division there. And I know that Kansas City is going to make the playoffs, but now I'm wondering if Kansas City could be a wild card, not to the Raiders, to the Chargers and Denver and the Raiders, all three of those teams in there. They're picking up ground on Kansas City. Have you seen any flaws with them? Because they're not the team they were two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. No, they're not, and and I I went into the season thinking it's Kansas City's division. Yes. Everyone else playing for wild card. And I don't believe that anymore. Uh, I think Kansas City's got some real questions, particularly on defense. They're 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 just they're just being too soft on defense right now. And in the past, Mahomes has been able to make up the difference. And you know, it's I think they've done it so many times. Where they fall, and you know, this is not just just season. The past couple of years, they they fall behind so many times, and Mahomes just keeps rallying them. And I think that can become a crutch after a while. And and that you have to figure at some point it's catching up. Well, now I think it's finally catching up to them. You just can't keep winning games that way. And so it's not, you know, their offense is so dynamic. It's it's easy to overlook about how much they do struggle on the other side of the ball. And so I I do think they are vulnerable. And 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 it and it's a division that's up there for grabs right now. And if the Raiders can, uh, you know, obviously have a big game at L.A. coming up. If they can win that game, then they they'll that, that's a statement that they're they're ready to take it. Yeah, this is a very good Chargers team. Linval Joseph, obviously, what they can do. Kenneth Murray's an athletic linebacker. Derwin James is back playing again. This is the pass rush that concerns me to protect Derek Carr. Derek Carr has done a fantastic job at staying late in the pocket, waiting for guys to get open, holding on to it as long as he can before he releases it, and he's taking hits. And this is a matchup with the Chargers I'm a little bit concerned about because of the Raiders' injuries on their offensive line. Either starters are out or the depth that they have are a little bit banged up, and they don't have many more layers to that offensive line. They're using a lot of players so far early in the season. 
Yeah, well, maybe they found a running game yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, late, late in that game, and maybe that's maybe that's what they need going forward. Um, if they, they can establish the run against the Chargers, then the Chargers have to respect that, and then they can back off. But if they can't establish the run, mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think, I think Derek Carr is going to be under a lot of pressure in that game. Uh, I tell you one thing I was really encouraged by yesterday watching too, how many targets he had different guys spreading around. Uh, so you can't just go double team Darren Waller anymore. So uh, it, it may mean that you have to take quick, some uh, quick passes early in that game to back guys off too. Uh, you know, if you get the ball in the hand, someone like Kenyon Drake and he makes some nice plays, uh, run after the catch that, that might help a lot, but I agree that that's going to be the big question going in that game is, is can can the Raiders handle that pass rush? Yeah, finally, I think that's really important. The Raiders got to be able to handle that moment. There'll be more Raider fans than Charger fans there. That gives them a little bit of a break. They get this extra day to get healthy again. Not that the Chargers aren't banged up, but the Raiders definitely need that extra day, and it's important. Other than that, Mark, the last thing going on, they're putting a lot of wins in the bank early, 3-0 and with Cincinnati, the Giants, Philadelphia, teams down the stretch on the schedule that the Raiders look to have an advantage over. But I remember that last year, and they lost to Atlanta, and they barely beat the Jets. So is, is Vegas getting ahead of themselves, the fan base here, or do you think the fans are guarded and they understand that there's tough games coming up? I think fans have, are being cautiously optimistic. Uh, you know, 3-0 is obviously huge. Uh, and I think Don Gruden's right. A win in the NFL is a win. It's just a win. You know, you don't, you don't, you, you, you know, you take it any way you can get it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you the past couple of years they they struggled down the stretch, and so I think people have that in, in their mind, and rightfully so. And that's my big question too. Is like I like the way they look now. Mm-hmm. I also like, like the way they looked the first half of last season and thought they were going to be a playoff team. So we'll see. I you know, it's it's a, obviously a hard division. Uh, just winning games in their own divisions is not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. So, but if they, but they got to they got to take advantage of the opportunities they have when they play a team that they're clearly better on. You cannot lose those games like that game in Atlanta last year. I thought the Raiders yeah. were the better team. So you got to take advantage of those situations, and you got to just keep finding ways to win. And you know, in the NFL, a lot of it comes down to the final five minutes. And if you can play situational football in those final five minutes. You can win a lot of games that way. Yeah, Raiders had a lot of highs and lows in those final five minutes, giving up a fourth and 20, the deflection against Baltimore. Lamar Jackson gets the ball back, but they caused the fumble with Carl Nassif. When things go bad against the Raiders, someone shows up and turns the momentum back to the Raiders. That's the key to this year. Mark, always appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks for having me on, JT. Take care of yourself. You got it. Mark Anderson from the Review Journal. Now, as he points out, someone's been there to make a play, even when things are going bad. I mean, Jacoby Brissett took him all the way downfield, ran for a touchdown, and converted a two-point conversion. That can't happen. That can't happen in a home game. You're up 25. What was it, 25-15? You got to put the game away. You have to finish that game off. I'm not saying easily, but it's got to be easier than the way they finished the game off. And I'm not blaming Gus Bradley. They made plays. Miami made good plays in the game. You tip your cap to them, but you can't give up a fourth and 20. Also, Mad Max, who's arguably my favorite player, Mad Max had a big penalty on a late hit where he hit Brissett. You can't do it. I know he wants to finish the play, not in this league. You got to pull back completely. That's hard to do when you're playing at the speed of Mad Max. Uh, Let's get out to Passionate Raider. Is that it? Go ahead in Illinois. What's happening? That's it. What's up, JT? It's been a long time since I called her, man. I'm working the afternoons, but... Man, you hit it on the head, man. I'm, I'm going to go out there and call it. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna put this close game on John Gruden. I believe the defense and the offense did their job. John didn't make the right play calls in the fourth quarter. He made two, 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 two soft calls on those two drives, man. We needed to come down and end the game. We needed to come down, put the nail in the coffin. Every time we don't, John, look what happens. Now we're biting our teeth and everyone's thinking, here we go again. But was different. I've been calling it all year. What's different about this team, these guys are playing together as a team, and nobody is giving up. No heads are hanging on that sideline. Everyone's walking around, kicking each other up, and we're getting it done, man. Two years ago, a year ago, we wouldn't have been winning these type of games. These are the games that we lose. All three of these games have been pretty tough games that we could have done better, but we didn't because of certain, certain play calls is where I put it on. Yes, John, and John, I heard you saying about people about John in the fourth down. Mm-hmm. That was a very stupid call. Two, two times in a row, and you already know, at that point in the game, the rushing game was not on. The rushing game wasn't on week one, and it didn't pick up to really the second half of yesterday's game. So that call already down 7 nothing. I probably would not have went for that. I would have punted mm-hmm. it and put my defense back okay. out there. That's but fair. it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. We, we, we got the W. It was ugly. But we got yep. the win, Raider Nation, the, 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 the fans. God, I wish I could be at Allegiant Stadium, man. But you know what? We held our heads high. We walked out of there with the W. It didn't have to be that ugly. But, hey, yep. you know, against three 10-win team, first time in NFL history, a team has come out and beat three 10-win teams in a row. In a row. I'm feeling it, Derek Carr. I mean, really, right? Okay, really, I got to wrap it up. I got to wrap it up. It's not the post-game show. Got to wrap it up. Can't go by every position. You were great. Thank you. Got other people. Got to get on the radio. Got to put a bow on it. You, look, John Gruden is going to get scrutinized on every play. Every play call, unless it's a completion or a touchdown. If it's an incomplete pass, if it's down in distance, if they throw under the marker, if they throw in, a car throws an interception, if it's a fumble, I'm fair on that. He went for it on fourth down in his own end of the field, and they beat him up. I didn't like the play call. Right there, I wouldn't have went for it. He decided to. They got a great punter. This punter's an asset. He can punt the ball and boom at the length of the field. He's got that type of leg. And I'm concerned about the slow start. So those are two home games that they weren't fast and ready to go, and they got down big early. Well, I'm always going to be excited with a win. It's a hard league. You know, when you go play uh, Baltimore and you play at Pittsburgh and you play the Miami Dolphins coming off a tough loss, you know, it's tough. I got to do a better job, certainly. Uh, we got to do a better job um, getting our offense going. We had a nice drive early in the game. We threw an interception down there. Uh, we had a nice drive against uh, the Ravens, and we had a snap go over our quarterback's head. So we've had two of those already. But uh, to answer your question, there's a lot of reasons for why that is. We Maybe we're coming out a little bit too excited, or maybe my pregame speeches aren't very good. That probably is it. Whatever it is, he's just going to take the heat for his team. He's going to take the heat. He's going to take it all because he doesn't care. He cares about his players. He doesn't care about some members of the media or what they say about his play calling. He cares about the fans. We all know that. But he's good with the scrutiny. He's fine with it. He's fine. He's the first person that comes on the radio and TV after the game. That's why the coach goes first. And when he has that press conference, he criticizes himself. He takes everybody out of it. Bobby just said it every time. He opens that press conference. Whatever mistakes he made, he admits to it. And then he opens it up and he answers every question. What more do you want in a head coach? 
What more do you want? Limon in Henderson. I didn't see you at yeah. the torch. Where were you, my friend? JT, yeah, yeah, check it out, JT. This is what it was, man. You had so many people there. <laughs> and I know there's a lot of people from Oakland, from Cali that came down for, you know, you know, the weekend for Tom Flores. So, you know, I was like, you know what? I know I'll get my chance next week that I'll be, I mean, uh, you know, the next, uh, on the next game coming up, you know, against the Bears over there. So, you know, I'll come around and say what's up. But, hey, man, listen, going back to this, bro, you know, uh, you know, Raider Nation. Worldwide. But being in Vegas, we're spoiled. 3 and 0. 3 and 0. You know, by now I was thinking like 2 and 1. You know, before the, you know, before we had the buy, I was thinking more like, you know, 5 and 3. But man, it was spoiled, bro. Now, having some extra football, you know, overtime and winning it. Come on, man. What else can we ask for? One thing we got to understand that this team is young. They're learning, like Coach said. I mean, you know, uh, you know, something, something's going gonna to come out of it. I told everybody they're going to come to Vegas. It's going to take about two to three years, and we'll see another ring, hopefully. But, man, uh, uh, you know what? These people right here, like the one that called you earlier, you know, the empty seat. Man, you better start walking around. <laughs> you better start walking around. Just, just go to the torch. And that- from level one, two, three... Guess what? You got half a stadium right there. You nailed it, my friend. I just got a text from another buddy. I appreciate that, who said that earlier in the show. The torch area where I host the pregame is packed. There are thousands of people there that aren't at their seats yet. Just go enjoy yourself. Don't worry about how many other teams' jerseys are there. This isn't Oakland. Oakland was fabulous. I loved Oakland. Never wanted to leave Oakland. This is Vegas. It's completely different. Vegas is different. It's more fun. It's exciting. Fans want to come to our stadium, spend their money, have a great time, enjoy themselves. So I'm watching on social media of Chief fans beating up Chief fans, Ram fans getting in fights with Buccaneer fans. Everyone's behaving from what I see. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's welcoming people to our city. Hey, where are you staying? You're at the Mandalay Bay? Oh, you're at Circa. Oh, this is great. You're staying at the MGM. Invite people here. Let them help our economy and have a good time so they'll come back for a bachelor party. They'll come back for a wedding. They'll come back for a birthday party. We want people coming here. We don't want to make it difficult on them. It's already difficult to get on an airplane and fly in this economy. I had two buddies that came out here, stayed with me this weekend, red eye, coming in, getting them to the airport. It's hard to travel now due to the coronavirus and all the other issues surrounding us, be happy when you see someone. You see a guy walk by with a Merino jersey on? Yeah, you have a little fun with him, but you thank him for coming to Vegas. He's dropping money at the Twitch Club. He's in the Modelo Cantina. He's going to the Henderson Hyundai Superstore on Boulder Highway in Henderson. He's seeing Frank. He's looking around the lots going, look at these crossover luxury vehicles, the award-winning Hyundais. I love it. Maybe I'll drop twenty grand here today. You welcome people to Vegas because we have more fun here. We have more things to do. People want to come to Vegas because it's cool. And now we have hockey and we have football. We had the USC. We had NASCAR. We have amazing golf, the weather, the pool parties. We have women swimming up to you with $20 bottles of vodka that they mark up to $800. $800 bottles of vodka. And people are like, yeah, I'll have two of those. Why? Well, they're in Vegas. What are you going to do? People are gambling on every game. This is the world's greatest arena now for sports. And we're having a great time with it. Enjoy yourself. 
Little empty seats. Everybody's with me up at the torch. Robert in Portland, Oregon, where they're listening on the Raiders app. How are you, Robert? Yeah, I, I think the key to this coming game is uh, Herbert does not like pressure from the middle. And, and I've watched him up here in Oregon. He doesn't like pressure from, the, mm-hmm. from Hankins and Jefferson. If they can pressure up right off the bat, stop the run, pressure him, he's not going to be able to do what he likes to do. And that's, that's going to be a big deal because Keenan, uh, well, you know, Keenan's Allen is phenomenal as well as, mm-hmm. you know, working on our corners is just going to be deadly if it comes yeah. to that. I just, I just feel that you're right about one thing, that the offensive line um, is shallow right now, to say the least. If James doesn't get it turned around, and, you know, the fact that we lost Rodney could really hurt in the future. You and I both know that. Well, we always knew, we always knew Rodney leaving. There wasn't going to be an upgrade with Rodney. And Coach Gruden's told me on two TV shows I've done with them already, they took money from the offensive line and put it on the defensive side of the ball, and you seem pretty happy with that. We knew this wasn't going to be a better offensive line. They could be good, and Tom Cable would have to make sure that the assets they have in the organization from the practice squad and the backups are ready to play when they have to, and they've been ready to play. But you bring up a good point. I'm concerned with Leatherwood's grades by Pro Football Focus. He's not playing that well, but he's serviceable and he's big. And I think he's playing through being nicked up. That's important. And secondly, James at center at times has a gaff play. He swisses, misses on a block, or he doesn't have a clean snap, and he misses in coverage. I hope they can get him going because... Everything they've told me in the organization, in the offseason, in the preseason, is he was ready for this role. He's ready for this role. And incognito, what a shame. Richie's on IR. I don't know if he'll ever play again for the Raiders. I hope he does, but you can't count on him. And then Colt Miller, I don't think, is having his best start to his season this year. I think he's got to play better. we got to get Colt Miller going, too. He's a great player, potentially. I thought this was going to be his first Pro Bowl year. He's not off to a Pro Bowl start. Yeah, well, I want to see Jefferson and Hankins all over Herbert yep. from the very start, not in the fourth quarter and third quarter. I want to see it right off the bat so they have to change their game plan. Good. Good luck. Yeah, that should be good. Herbert's really good. And I think people who listen to me and know me take this the right way. I'm the only guy in all of radio, national media, who saw every quarterback play live last year. It was the greatest quarterback class that will ever, ever, ever play at Allegiant Stadium forever. I was there for it. No one else was. You'll never see Phillip Rivers. He retired. You'll never see Tom Brady again. I did. He won't come back again. You will never see Drew Brees again. I did. He retired. So you looked at all of them. I saw Derek Carr play, Marcus Mariota, Tua, Fitzpatrick, Josh Allen, who I predicted to win the MVP this year, played last year. And then you add up Mahomes and Drew Locke and Herbert. Out of all the quarterbacks that I saw last year, there were 10 of them. The best one that I saw was Herbert. For me, he was the best because he did more in that game with his legs, his footwork, his arm strength, his decisions. Tom Brady had five combined touchdowns as the greatest of all time. I thought Herbert played better than any quarterback I saw last year at Allegiant. So he's good. He's damn good. And they got him, and he's going to be their franchise. And he's the only way they're going to be able to sell tickets, get butts in the seats, and maybe maybe make a run deep into the playoffs somewhere down the road this year next year because of that quarterback. And the caller was right on. As Al Davis said, put him down. 
put him on his ass early. Make him, make him think twice about holding on to the football. Well, Derek, simply put, what was required to win this game and manage all the roller coasters that occurred? Well, we knew what kind of team they were. You know, they were coming off a hard loss, um, but we knew what kind of team they were. Everybody has a game where it's not perfect, uh, but we knew what to expect, and it was a dogfight until the end. Uh, they, they, were, they had some good things early. Uh, we were able to get our rhythm again and make some plays. We still haven't played our best football, and I think that's a frustrating thing and an exciting thing. When people are describing you this season, again, just through three games, the words that come up are command, confidence, playing like an MVP. How do those things factor in your ability to, again, manage a game where at times it looked like you guys were down and out? You know, Evan, I've, I've been through this before, and I snapped my ankle. The fans chant MVP and all that kind of stuff. All the self-glory, that stuff is fleeting. I've already been through that. God took me to a place that all I want to do is glorify him and wherever he's going that's where I want to go and so if it's a win awesome if it's not I'm still going to glorify him how confident do you think this team is though again early yeah. but winning the way you've had to win through these first three weeks it just shows we got a close group you know we can we can finish games and whether it's overtime or uh, you know we got to make a play late we've that's the NFL though you know and we got 17 of them now uh, you know, to do this and uh, get ready for the next one. Like I told you, it's a fight to grind to get ready for the next one. You guys not, just not leaving this shiny new home you have here? You just want to play as much football as yeah. possible? That's how me and Gruden are, man. We just, uh, we always talk about, man, uh, do we have to leave? You know, we got so many plays. We have so many things we want to do. Uh, you know, you're like, can we play a doubleheader? You know, uh, I don't know if our bodies would be able to hold up, but our minds are sure willing. But I'm just thankful, Evan. I, uh, this crowd, the city, they've really taken us in. It's been awesome. I'm glad we're off to a good start but they don't hand anything out after three weeks. Congrats on the win, Derek. Thank you. That's Derek on CBS after the game. Good interview. Solid interview. Quick reminder, uh, Raiders will take your calls for premium suites and loge boxes available for Raider games, concerts, and events. Contact 1-800-RAIDERS or select premium seating or allegiantstadium.com and then select premium suite and loge. They really want you to get in there. And there's an opportunity for you to do that. Call the Raiders. Call 1-800-RAIDERS and ask about premium suites and the prices for some of these events here. It could surprise you. You could do it with a bunch of friends for concerts and premium events and have a great time. And use your seats or go and upgrade to premium suites. You'd be interested in knowing the prices. So call 1-800-RAIDERS. Tell them JT sent you. Big Al out in San Francisco. Thanks for calling us as always. What's happening? No, just um, very, you know, very happy, uh, you know, about the Raiders being three and zero. Tough games. Maybe they didn't play their best, uh, you know, in one of the games, but that's okay. I'm really interested in this coming week against, you know, Monday night against the Chargers, because the Chargers' defensive line can bring it, and uh, Joey Bosa, um, as you know, as as defensive end go, ends go, is one of the probably the, one of the five best defensive ends in the game. And he's really going to put them to the test because he look, he can line up on both sides both sides of the line. You know, he will go up against Colton one you know one play, and then he'll go up against the right tackle, whoever we end up slotting in, uh, whether it's uh, Leatherwood or Parker or even another player. Um, we got to keep Derek upright, and this is a, you know, this game more than any of the first three are going to be a true test on just how good this offensive line is. 
Uh, and that's kind of where I think this game is going to be had. It's a Monday night game. It's big, you know, there's going to be a lot of Raider fans there. I mean, there'll probably be more Raider fans than Charger, than Charger fans. Hopefully it will feel like a home game and the team will feel energized. But, uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I'm just really interested in how this offensive line matures and comes together because we've got four new faces there and whether or not they're going to be able to stand up against this charge on. Because this is going to be the best test that this team has had until, you know, up to date, you know, for the season. I agree with you, Big Al. Thanks for the call. You nailed it. That's exactly how I see it. This will be the biggest test. I think Baltimore was a huge test, but Baltimore had some big injuries. They did. Uh, the Chargers are healthier. They have Bosa and they have Derwin James. And they got a healthy quarterback and really good receivers. I'm concerned about Derek getting hit in this game, and I'm very concerned about them throwing deep, considering how jo- Jacoby Brissett was able to elevate his game in the fourth quarter in overtime and make some plays. Herbert's a lot better than Jacoby Brissett. Raiders are going to have their hands full. The Witch Doctor right here in Vegas. Go ahead. Hey, JT, what's happening? All good. Um, I want to emulate on your story on uh, uh, being uh, uh, complimentary to the opposing team and the visitors that come to us. Uh, Yesterday, I was at the stadium. I had my costume on. I took a couple pictures with the the Dolphin fans, and uh, they were really cool people. Uh, I love the fish fans. Mm-hmm. And uh, to make a, a joke, uh, I uh, I was taking a picture with a, uh, you know, a lifelong uh, Dolphins uh, fish fan okay. character. And I said, we're having fish today. And he said, I hope you get food poisoned. <laughs> <laughs> and we just started cracking up, man. The Dolphin fans were cool. Yeah, they and, were. And us Raider Nation fans were were very hospitable to them, and uh, we were good. We yep. were good people, and they're good people. Great. All good. Thank you. Appreciate the call, and everybody should be good. Fans don't deserve to be harassed. Opposing fans deserve to have a, a, a great experience and not to be harassed. They deserve to come to the game and have a great time and relax and have fun and not be harassed. Football fans get harassed in a lot of stadiums around this country. This is Vegas. We don't do that this way. We're a tourist town. We treat people the right way, and we want them to come back. We don't want them to have a bad feeling. There was a gentleman from the Dolphins who couldn't get into the press box. His credential wasn't working. I said, hold on. I'll go help. And I went, and I just found someone in Raiders PR, and they came. And they helped. It was easy. The guy wasn't going to get banged up in the have to wait outside the elevator for 30 minutes. I was going to have that. You want people here to be happy in Vegas so they'll continue to come back. That's how this place grows, and we all benefit from it. Thanks to all of our guests today, all of our proud partners, many more to announce and talk about the events coming up this week. Remember, Doghouse Inside Resorts World for Monday Night Football. You'll love it. I'm telling you. You'll thank me for it. Get to Resorts World Monday Night Football, Doghouse, the sports book. In their unbelievable bar, you'll have a great time. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night, everybody. All right? Take care.